I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'll take you for a ride on the devil's ship. I'll take you for a ride where you sink or swim. Now come with me and let this story begin. Viva, we're live? We are live. live. Well, we're not live, but... We're recording. We're, we're back. You are coming to break down the Mike Ward Supreme Court uh, trial as the Pantels Comedy official legal counsel. Not legal advice, people. But yeah, <laughs> I read. I've, so I've been following this for yeah. for a long time. So long that I forgot what year it is, how many years I've been following it. Um, I think I've been following it from before the Court of Appeal decision. Yeah. So once upon a time, you know, people are saying, Viva... You talk about freedom of speech in Canada. Didn't you hear about that comedian who got fined for making fun of that handicapped kid? And it's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I looked it up. It was the Human Rights Tribunal. Mike Ward, Jeremy Gabriel. And uh, yeah, it was uh, effectively the Human Rights Tribunal came down and said that a stand-up comic making jokes about a, a celebrity... Because this is one of the findings that's relevant. A huge celebrity. He, he was a, he, the, the Human Rights Tribunal said the jokes were made about this kid not because he was handicapped, but because he was a celebrity. That's the finding of fact they came to, which came back you know, in the Supreme Court. Which but, was the beginning of the joke, right? The sacred cows, the three people you vache, can't make fun les of. Les vaches sacrées. was Céline yeah. Dion, Jérémy Gabriel. Who was the third one? And uh, I think René Angel. I think her husband. Well, yeah. no, I, I think you could make fun of René Angelil. But um, Human Rights Tribunal said, yeah, making fun of this kid violated his human rights, and not just his, based on a, a, a discriminatory uh, aspect, a handicap. But he, he uh, sang for the Pope. He sang for the... Was the Pope at all, uh, were, were his rights violated when he had to waste five minutes with that kid, or no? I, you know, I, 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 I don't make jokes about... The, I'm not a stand-up comic. You, you can't make jokes about the Pope. I did, I did watch Mike Ward's bit. I said <laughs> some of it was quite, you know, was comedy. It's, it's how you structure comedy. Well, yeah. Mike Ward thought the kid, it was a make-a-wish thing because he thought the kid was suffering from a terminal illness. Which he's not. Yeah. Then he found it. I mean, that was the premise of the joke. You find it offensive, fine. I mean, anyone who's listened to Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, uh, you'll find a lot of offensive stuff in there. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. This kid, through his mother, was made to be a public figure yeah. who sang for the Pope. And I'll say, this is not to make fun. His voice was not all that good. He was getting, I would say, some... Not sympathy, but it was it was sort of a... Pity. I won't say pity either. It was an accomplishment of a kid with a dream, with yeah. a disability, overcoming barriers, uh, public support, notwithstanding, yeah. you know, he did not have a, an American Idol voice. So it was a... It was a you a, don't have to, though. I, there's a lot of singers that make it. They don't have a good voice. Yeah, but there's making it without a good voice, like maybe... Uh, what's her name? Oh, gosh, come on. Uh, 1989 album... Uh, uh, who are we shake, talking shit shake about? Shake it off, shake it off. Taylor Swift. Oh. There's, you know, generic good voices. I like Taylor Swift. But then there's also, you know, not good voices where you get voted off of American Idol, but you get congra- congratulated for having tried something. And that's what Jeremy Gabriel was. Um, he's since, I don't know how successful his singing or rap career is now, but his mother made him a public figure in a very meaningful sense. Mike Ward had a bit, which in my view, 
didn't even demean or degrade the kid. It treated him like an equal and said, look, I, we're so equal. I'm going to treat this kid as an equal to Celine Dion. To Celine Dion, but but also as a human. Like, okay, fine. We all know the kid has Tretra Collins syndrome. We all know he has something of, of a disability or a handicap, whatever the proper term is. I'm not trying to be glib. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna we're not gonna treat him like a kid with a disability. We're not gonna treat him like someone who we have to pat on the back and be overly nice. So we're gonna treat him like an equal, and he's gonna be the object of a joke in as much as Celine Dion is. And the, the ultimate irony is that. The punchline of the joke came to fruition. You can't make fun of these kids without getting sued. He got sued. Human Rights Tribunal, in the first instance, awarded damages to Jeremy and his mother. And his stepfather, I think. And his stepfather, I think. But I'm, no, no, I think the stepfather even then was excluded under the Human Rights Tribunal. But the he tried. The, oh, they tried, but they gave the mother damages. And so when I first heard the story, I was like, "How? this sounds like a defamation case, not a human rights violation. He was not denied service, denied access to a building because of a disability. It wasn't like a landlord who refused to install a, a ramp for wheelchair access. This kid, you know, was a celebrity and was made the object of a bit, of, of a stand-up bit. I didn't see any discrimination, period. Yeah. Let alone for his mother. And so his mother is not handicapped. His mother does not have any protected elements under the, under the charter. They ordered damages to be paid to her. So I was like, this is this, the tribunal has become a defamation uh, tribunal and they don't have jurisdiction for defamation. Yeah. So it gets to the court of appeal. Two to one split decision where they say no error in law, no error in exercise of jurisdiction, except as relates to the mother. And they say, okay, fine. The condemnation for Jeremy is maintained, but the mother is overturned. And man, give, give Mike Ward credit because I saw his bit the other day where he's talking about, you know, he put on weight, he, he got old, he got yeah. tired. That might have happened anyhow, because, you know, people we, we get, get older. older. We, as we get older, we get older. Uh, and, you know, what, COVID and all this stuff. But nobody understands the immense pressure. Set aside the financial stuff. The, the, the pressure of being in litigation, under oath, testifying in front of judges. Everyone's looking to nitpick every word. Not just to say that you're wrong, but you're in contempt. You're yeah. perjury. What, it's endless stress. Um, and also, he felt uh, weird because he knew that if he takes the easy route... He screws over everyone else. It was, a, it was an interesting thing. I mean, I've heard him say it. I didn't fully appreciate it. But yeah, you know, at, at the beginning when he sued for 80000 and I don't know if it was Julius Gray who was the yeah. lawyer, who said, you know, settle this for, for dimes on what they're asking for and it'll go away. And he's like, yeah, but, but then stand-up comics, I've set this precedent for stand-up comics now. They've got to say, okay, well, who can we make fun of and on what can we make fun of them in terms of jokes? Yeah. If we make fun of, uh, let's just say, Carl Malone. Am I going to be accused of making racist jokes? If I make fun of Sarah Silverman, am I going to be accused of making, you know, misogynist jokes? Um, you know, mutatis mutandis to any jurisdiction that has a human rights uh, commission or, 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 or charter. So he says, yeah, I'll take it to the end. And took it to the end. 5-4. 5-4, uh-huh. which is freedom of speech hanging in the balance. One judge goes the other way. We have officially, at the highest level of the courts of Canada... Punished and forbidden and sanctioned in the punishment sense, making jokes about celebrities based on their disability. So you can make fun of a celebrity, just not on a protected feature. But then once you protect that feature, okay, doesn't that mean that, number one, you're saying that they're different, they're not as... So, for example, uh, uh, the four judges that said, oh, no, you weren't allowed to make fun of this this kid at the time. Well, uh, doesn't that mean that they see the kid as less than... Not Mike, the guy who treated the kid 
equally as, to Celine as, Dion. Who treated the kid as a human that could deal with this yeah. same type of scrutiny as any other public figure. There's two interesting findings. One was that Mike Ward did not pick on the kid because he was handicapped. He picked on the kid because he was a celebrity. Mm. Whether or not the kid, you know, I, I don't know if Jeremy Gabriel ever wished this upon himself. His mother made him a celebrity. Yeah, it's his mom's fault. Yeah. And and it's her responsibility. Well, so, even the court case, the, another thing, uh, Jeremy is not the the evil aggressor trying to sue comedians because he was, uh, I think, 16 or 17 at the time. It was his mom. Now, him still lying when he's older because he said a couple things in his press conference that don't add up that I kind of scoffed at. For example... He says, you know, I was 13. and yeah, 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 the joke was said when you were 13, but you didn't hear the joke till you were 16, 17, and we know this. This has been documented. Also, in high school, your friends didn't know it either. No one's talking to you about it because they were too young to have seen it. So the fact that you're, you're pretending it's a Marvel movie and you're retconning your well, own history, I'm not sure that, that kind of bugs me. I think the jokes were between 10 and 13. I think there was evidence that the kids at school, some of them had, made, had seen the video and made fun of them about it. That was what I understood. But, but either way, I mean... It was can, later. And the only, the only time he got attacked online was when they went to sue Mike. There was no, he's like, I get bullied because of Mike's fans, but Mike's fans didn't arbitrarily attack you before saying, I know you're going to sue him. The, it's little things like this. So it sounds great. And you're like, oh yeah, he was made fun with, but that's not what happened. And also, this was an 18 and over show that was being done live before the DVDs came out, let's say. How would a 13-year-old have access to this? Even assume, because yeah. my understanding of the factual findings was that he was, some kids did see it, did make fun of him. It was after because they made, he made the jokes, I think, between 10 and 13. But even afterwards, it was in high school. The, the, one of the judges said, yeah, he, he did get picked on. I mean, the, the four dissenting judges effectively turned this into a bullying case. And they yeah. were citing international rules and laws on bullying. As if this was Mike Ward picking a nobody off the street and then making fun of him because of his disability. And they basically wanted to turn this into an example of bullying, which I thought was just a, an absolute emotional way of trying to phrase or frame the debate. So you can say, look, yeah, there's stand-up comedy and then there's bullying and the Human Rights Tribunal is going to be the one to decide which is which. And the dissenting opinion said, yeah, we understand that the original Human Rights Tribunal said, came to the finding of fact that they did not, that Ward did not pick on the kid because he was handicapped, but because he was a celebrity, but we're going to get past that anyhow, finding yeah. a fact to say that in his picking on Jeremy because he was a celebrity, in that he touched on protected attributes, it therefore violated his dignity. Okay, so then why uh, would the mother seek uh, financial damages and why would the uh, stepfather seek financial so, damages? And this is where I think you know, the majority gets it right, dissenting does not get it right, in my opinion. The majority says, look, the Human Rights Tribunal is not supposed to be a forum for defamation. They do not have jurisdiction for defamation. And the Quebec uh, Human Charter protects the safeguard of dignity, not dignity itself, which is a massive distinction. Yeah. Because the, the examples uh, that both sides gave, which will illustrate which one I think is more uh, well-reasoned uh, reasoning. The majority says that there was this case called uh, St. Ferdinand. It's a hospital St. Ferdinand okay. where the employees went on strike. It was a hospital for, for mentally uh, challenged individuals or mentally unwell individuals. My favorite kind of hospital. Well, they, they went on strike and then they did not administer services to the to these mentally challenged individuals like cleaning them uh, oh that's fucked ba up basic services so they sued because there was a, a an overarching violation coupled with uh the absence to safeguard their dignity or the violation of the safeguard of their dignity that was the, what the majority cited and they said in this case nobody violated the safeguard of jeremy's dignity because it's not really a standalone thing except in the most exceptional circumstances this is not one of them the dissenting opinion cited this other case called Aubry versus vice versa, which was 
a 16-year-old girl who was sitting alone in a park bench. Someone snaps a picture of her, puts it on a magazine. I hope I'm not making a mistake on the decision, but puts her image on the front page of a magazine for psychological well-being of teenagers, and she sued for violation of, of uh, privacy, ridicule, etc. I'm with her. I'm and with her on she, this. And what she is won this? because she's a, she was not a celebrity. She was yeah. not a public figure. She didn't agree to the picture. She was in a public area but did not consent to her likeness being used for specific messaging, and she got <laughs> bullied for it. Two totally different cases, and one of which I think is more applicable than the other. Jeremy Gabriel, his mother thrust him into the limelight. You know darn well, I don't care how old you are, when you go sing for the Pope, like it or leave it, you know what jokes people are going to make about this. I mean, people make jokes about the Vatican all the time. Yeah. They make jokes about religion. They make jokes about some of the dirtier aspects, uh, historical aspects of religion. You know damn well it's going to happen. Yeah. And if you're Jeremy's mother and you do that and say, I want to put my kid out there who's got a mediocre voice at best. I like how polite you are about his voice. It's, uh, I'll put him out there. Uh, it's an inspirational story to think that he's not going to get, uh, I say made fun of, that he might not be the object of humor and that they get to control the bad things that, or the, the insulting, humorous things that people might say about him, but they get to insist that people only say good things. It, it's, it's compelled speech and control, controlled speech by definition. But it's also a, a lunatic assumption because I myself, let's say I, I sometimes I have a guest who is zero controversial, just a nice person to talk to, and I'll still get comments of go fuck yourself. You can't help that. It's just what it is. That's real life. It's like, I'll, I mean, I get some of the comments. Some of them are, you know, some of the insults are not on protected grounds. Others, I guess, could be on protected grounds. But you put yourself out there. You know what's going to happen. When you're a kid, you don't appreciate it. And some kids don't appreciate it when they do it to themselves. When you're the mother and you do this, and then you say, I'm going to put my kid out there. I'm going to make him into a celebrity. I'm going to, I won't say exploit in the, objective sense not the judgmental sense and then i'm going to get mad when someone makes a joke about him as in being someone who you can't make jokes about and what am i going to do to prove that you can't make jokes about him i'm going to sue so that you can't make jokes about him they prove the point yeah but five to four at the supreme court after it's close to it it's eight years of litigation it's amazing but we got we got it right um but very close to getting it wrong so what could have happened people keep asking what could have happened if this didn't go the correct way. You would have had a you would have had a precedent set by the Quebec Human Rights Tribunal uh, that they can effectively, uh, you know, punish people for jokes. You know, two of those people on the Human Rights Tribunal, I believe, were child molesters. I don't know that as a fact. I know I have heard that, yeah. but things that I cannot independently verify myself, I don't repeat. But the decision we'll, we'll, we'll link the decision in the bottom people yeah, can yeah. read it and do their own research I'm just but. saying it, it, I find it very strange that that never came under scrutiny they're never like yeah, you yeah. know the people dictating and judging what's fine and not fine have a weird idea of what's fine well you don't get to scrutinize the decision makers and this came you know this became clear in other contexts where you know you can't follow around the judges in cases to see if they're breaking covid rules and you can't follow yeah. around pro- hypocrisy abounds and when it comes out you get to uh, exploit it or, or or make a stink about it but in these cases you don't get to try the decision makers but people also have to appreciate in the states these these human rights tribunals these administrative tribunals they view them as like you know communist tribunals as as, as dictatorship type tribunals and when you look at it, you can't say that they're wrong. The, the Quebec Human Rights Tribunal, it's an administrative tribunal. It was created to, to have an, an area of expertise that I would respectfully submit it does not have any greater expertise than the ordinary courts. But what you have is the tribunal. 
deciding what to investigate, what to prosecute on its own. And the tribunal says, okay, well, we've decided we're going to move forward with this Mike Ward decision, uh, this Mike Ward case. We've decided that Jeremy Gabriel has a claim. We're going to file it on his behalf before the tribunal. So the people prosecuting are a part of the entity that is decision-making as well. That's, I mean, that's and that, that's I will say communist might not be the right word. Kafka-esque is what that might be. Because you have the decision-makers working in tandem with the prosecutors on behalf of a plaintiff now, and it's out of the plaintiff's hands, and it's out of the plaintiff's costs. And so you have Jeremy Ward, Jeremy, Mike Ward literally paying taxes to finance these Quebec Human Rights Tribunals Against to mandate them. their own prosecutors to prosecute him in the context of a framework where the decision-makers are working with the prosecutors. I mean, that's, that's how you... You don't get a, a specialty tribunal. That is how you get an activist tribunal that goes out of its way to protect the dignity of individuals by effectively criminalizing stand-up comedy. And some people say, oh, that's too extreme. It's not like they're um, criminalizing it. There are, uh, Trudeau, I think, screwed us over too because Trudeau had, um, I think it was Charlie Hebdo or it was after Charlie. Oh, no, it was when that teacher in France got his head lopped off a little while ago. Do you remember this? And they said I, it was because he showed uh, cartoons of the problem. I was telling people like what happened. I was trying to explain the situation, and he got. But apparently, it was way bigger than that. The story we found out later. But essentially, all other leaders, even Legault, came out and said, "No, no, 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 you can't do. You got to protect freedom. This is crazy. You can't say that this is a logical outcome of someone not liking art or uh, criticism." And Trudeau said, "Well, yeah, there are some jokes that you can't make. There are some. Whoa, well, whoa, that's a slippery slope there, but Well, Trudeau says there are some jokes you can't make. Yeah, and then Legault comes out and says, "Well, there's some speech that's not free. So no protesting COVID outside of hospitals or schools. E- even every dictator has their limits. When, yeah, when uh, you know. So here's the thing. I under, I kind of. It's weird to. I, I'm with you. It's weird to put a law in place for that, especially when we're supposed to be able to protest whenever we want. That's part of this freedom. I do understand though. Like I've been to the hospital recently, and uh, it's." First of all, the hospital has its own troubles. Like they, goddamn, they're understaffed, and, and some of the staff that's there underqualified. Uh, so it's crazy. So I can understand that. God, you don't need the stress of people in front of you yelling at you, telling you to go fuck yourself. And same thing in school. There's elementary schools. There's kids trying to learn, and there's people outside telling them to go fuck themselves. I get that. It is weird that you have to put it in law. It's also weird that we've come to this time where well, you're telling uh, I, you're outside of school telling kids to go fuck themselves. I, and I'll, I'll say what I said from the beginning. I don't think it's strategically a good thing to do. I think it, it effectively demonizes your own cause, yep. and I don't agree with it. But you already have laws in place that would prevent disruptive protesting. So if you're disturbing the peace, you already have laws in effect for that. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, well, you have, dis- you have dis- disturbing the peace. These are broad, uh, broad lo- applications. Terms that you laws. could apply to this. Yeah. yeah. To, but to come in and say we're going to pass. A, a, a piece of legislation. By the way, notice how fast Legault passed that legislation through the legislative process, but not the same thing for the vaccine passports, not the same thing for the curfews, the law, all of that stuff that he knows would you know, be much more difficult to jam through. No legislative debate process, but prohibiting protest outside of a hospital to protest COVID measures, that they can do overnight. But the, the law itself, which is, I think it's unnecessary overkill and... and, and contrary to freedom of speech, yeah. um, it would only pertain to COVID. So you know, employees who wanted to protest, you know, uh, employment conditions, oh, salary, could still do could it. Could still do it. Teachers who wanted to protest their salaries, uh, working conditions, As could do it. in the ceiling. Parents who wanted to protest air quality in schools couldn't because it was COVID related. So, Oh, that's strange. It is. It's Well, strange is one word. I would say diabolic. Um, it's the more appropriate word. But You're shifting my opinion on this, Vivo. No, because they came and they said specifically as relates to COVID. So unionized workers that. 
are happy. They can still protest outside hospitals as they've always done. Nobody, nobody complained when workers com- protested outside hospitals. Yeah. Nobody complained when teachers protested outside schools. I honk for them. They say, honk, I, if you're with us, I said, let's go teach. I, 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 I have come away around on that. And I say, yeah, the teachers are justified in demanding and getting <laughs> teachers have been getting a, a butt ton more because yeah. when you realize if you can find $150 million for COVID ads and so you can get uh, yeah. Francois Belfurrier, I don't know how much he got paid for his gig, all these hockey. I mean, when you have $150 bucks for COVID ads, $13 million a month, are the most important people in society who teach our kids can get a bit of a pay raise. They can get some circulation and air in their schools. But, you know, Francois yeah. Legault, all about free speech on campus, here and there. Until it becomes, you know, protest against his COVID measures, then let's stifle it and let's start at hospitals, but expand it. And let's make sure that parents can't protest the incompetence, the radical incompetence or corruption of the government to make sure they have clean air in their schools because that's COVID related, but unionized workers can protest. He, he knows, he knows who, who butters his political bread. He knows what he's doing. He, he definitely knows how to play the game. Uh, what bothers me is that people don't see it and people don't object to it. People are just happy to be let out of their houses after five months of curfew that they've forgotten about the five months of curfew. I have noticed this, that we're becoming way more accepting of nonsense because we feel like the little bit of uh, freedom that we're getting back or rights that we're getting back that we always used to have, people view it as a reward now. They're not like, wait, no, this is inherently mine as a citizen. They don't see it that way anymore. Uh, yeah, like, nice, we're allowed. I don't know if it's called Stockholm Syndrome, like technically speaking. It's not Stockholm Syndrome, but it's in. It's related to that. It's, it's somewhere like a, in or there. Or like an abusive relationship yeah. where like, you know, when you stop getting abused, you're happy for the peace. Yeah. And so this is, it's, it's, I've always thought we've just lost also what our fundamental rights are and what the greater good truly is. When people say for the greater good, greater good, people have lost sight of the fact that individual rights are the greater good. Ayn Rand, there is no greater minority than the individual, and if you don't support individual rights, you cannot be said to support any minority rights. Oh, that's actually uh, It's, it's beautiful. Sentence, yeah. It's beautiful. But um, people have just forgotten it. We don't, ver- fear has become the new virtue, and yeah. therefore, you know, anything you do to satisfy your own fear or to quell your own fear or to you know, seemingly respond to someone else's fear, however irrational it may be, will make you virtuous. And it's, it's, it's skewed people's reasoning and it's skewed people's politics. It skewed people's reasoning. There's a lot of stuff that no one's questioning. I saw an article, uh, CNN, the, the one I had tweeted, the one that said uh, uh, it's been proven now that if you are double vaccinated, you are less likely to die of any cause. It, I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, I'm going to run in traffic and I'm immune? What are you who, talking who, about? Who, who even cares? I mean, what that possibly means. What, what That's has absurd. Been, what has been proven is that you can be fully vaccinated and carry as much viral load as someone who is not vaccinated. Okay, I have a question about this. Yep. Did we not say this, and I am not a scientist, a year ago? I, I literally just tweeted out what people were saying a year ago that they were called conspiracy theorists for. Mainstream media is now going to start saying start saying often and pretend they have been saying all along. Yeah. It, it was, um, oh, I was listening to CJAD this morning just to get my rage going. Yeah. Because I, I hate CJAD. It's, it's the most vile propaganda out there. You're in the right club. You, you want to talk about stuff uh, that promotes hate and discrimination. Oh, and, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, they're very bad, yeah. Um, and they had a, uh, oh, an, an immunologist or something. They had a, a, a research specialist on who basically said, I'm going to forget what he said now. Oh, God, I'm going to forget the exact example. Do I go to my phone? Go to your phone. Why not? Okay. I wonder if it was hilarious. It, w- it was good. But I basically said, this guy's now going to say what we have all been saying for the last, or not we all, but rather what conspiracy theorists have been saying for a now little while. Now that's a broad term. Everyone's a conspiracy theorist. 
It, well, it, it, conspiracy theorists, because, uh, you know, conspiracy means two people working together. The vaccine passport. Okay, hold on. I can see the narrative changing in real time. No, that's another tweet. Let's just go here. They had a specialist on, an infectious disease specialist who said that the majority of people infected with COVID never displayed symptoms or even knew they had it. And I remember people were saying this at the beginning. Yeah. It's, it's a pandemic that's so serious some people don't even know that they've had it. Others have to go get tested to know they have it. It requires a marketing budget, and it's so serious that we're firing healthcare staff now. But from the beginning, some people have been saying, this is something everyone is going to probably get. The num- counting the number of cases is absolutely irrelevant. It's only done to inflate the numbers because some people have case, some people will test positive and, and have no signs. Yeah. And but for the fact that they go get tested because they broke their arm and they had to go get admitted to the hospital, exactly. they would never know they had it. Yeah. But that is counted not only as a COVID infection, but as a COVID admission. And I'm not exaggerating, by the way. We, we, oh, no, we, I know this. this uh, so people I'm not have challenging been saying this on this. From the beginning, and I didn't believe them at the beginning. It's like, oh, the guy who gets, I won't say the guy who gets killed in a motorcycle crash, but the guy who gets hospitalized for something totally unrelated. I can't believe that that gets counted as a It does, it does. They said it does. And it does. And so people have been saying this from the beginning. They were branded conspiracy theorists, anti-science lunatics, and now you get infectious disease specialists on CJD saying it, primetime morning radio. They're going to pretend they said it all along. Yeah. And these these people who were kicked off platforms, demonized, ostracized a year ago as being conspiracy theorists, well, they're going to be vindicated, but nobody's going to know that they were ever demonized in the first place because it's going to become the new MSM uh, mainstream narrative. You know what I find interesting is how the me when I was young, uh, journalism media, it meant something completely different. So it was people that were actively interested in finding the truth behind a story. They'd investigate. They'd ask tough questions. Like those were journalists, and you hear them on the radio. Like, look, I've uncovered this. And then now the people that you get your news from, like if you're listening to fucking CJD, it's people that sit around. It's almost as if they're given their talking points, like this is what my cronies are saying. Let me just repeat it. No one is looking at a secondary le- What's the point? Why are you even being paid? What is the point of having you there apart from being a mouthpiece? Why would anyone listen to you when you're not willing to open the book? You're just looking at the fucking cover. What's the, why are you there? It's, it's not even the cover. It's the, it's the PowerPoint presentation, and I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist, of the talking points from the government given to the media to repeat day in and day out. I mean, when CJD, they, don't, they aren't doing it as much anymore now, I notice, because the numbers are not even there to instill enough fear. When they run the numbers every morning, I mean, who, who are they doing that for? I, I, I guarantee it. On the one hand, they're doing it you know, to, to, to induce some fear, but they're doing it because they know what the government wants, even if the government doesn't have to say it. They know what their advertising budget is conditioned on. Run the narrative and don't run contrary to the narr- narrative. Otherwise, we'll pull a Radio X on you and try to have... Your sponsor's pulled. They know how to play the game. So you, you, you play the game, repeat, don't ask too many harsh questions. Don't ask too many questions. The government will be happy with you. They'll buy some ad space for COVID. They will subsidize your operations, which were flailing before this. And that's, and that's journalism now. I, when I first started doing my, 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 my stuff, I was like, I'm not a journalist. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to understand. I call myself an analyst or you know, a, an explainer. I just want to understand what's going on. But then you realize just in terms of trying to understand what's going on, to get past the top level headlines, you know, Fox News, CNN, whatever, then you get into understanding and explaining, and then you realize what people don't even understand or don't explain in the first place. I still don't consider myself a journalist because I can't vet sources and I don't do that type of stuff. But man, nobody's, I mean, not nobody. Mainstream media is not doing it. 
And the people that are doing it are getting booted from platforms. Yeah. They're getting demonized. They're getting ostracized. And they're getting called, you know, nutcases so that nobody takes them seriously. But they're doing the work that once upon a time real media, real journalism used to do. I love when uh, something illogical is being done right now and you question it. And then your view, I, I was the hospital. I went, uh, my mom uh, had uh, like a whole back issue. So I went to check her in and to go, to go see her in a room, I, uh, the lady goes, oh, stop. You got to take off your jacket. You got to put this smock on, you know, the, the whole thing now and these gloves. And I said, all right, I'm going to like, it's like a hazmat suit, right? I got to put this in and then we're leaving. No, no, no. You put it in, you go get her in your room. And then in her room, you could take everything off, throw it in the garbage and then leave with her. So I said, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go the entire way. <laughs> I'm going to go there with a the hazmat suit. Take it off in there and then come back the exact. So I'm going to go through the same hallway. I'm going to do the exact same stuff, but without it at this point. She's like, exactly. Pentelis, I, I was at court it was a while ago. <laughs> well, well, I don't understand. So I can get infected on the way in, but not on the way out through the same. What the fuck is happening? Pentelis, you can go into a coffee shop and order a coffee and then leave with it. But if you want to sit down in that coffee shop, you need to have a vaccine passport. Yeah. I went, I went to court and in the courtroom, you could take your mask off. To go to the bathroom in an empty hallway, you had to put your mask back on. And I mean, and so what they're basically forcing you to do is touch your face more often than you would otherwise ever touch it. Yeah. Uh, under the pretext of you know reducing transmission. As in if, the beginning, I get it. We didn't know what was going on. We were now that we're still doing stupid things. Another tweet. We're two years into this, and I just heard the what is expected to be the update from our chief medical officer uh, that ski hills and toboggan runs are going to be able able to be open at full capacity. Except you're going to have to wear a face mask and show your vaccine passport to go skiing and sledding. You outside. There is no, there is no science to it. And when people said at the beginning, it's not about science, it's about compliance. And e that even rubbed me in a certain way at the yeah. time. I it's, it's, they were it's, right. It's beyond that. The, to, to, to argue that there's science to that, the outdoor transmission infinitesimally low to begin with. And for skiing. I mean, it's, it's, some people are going to say, well, you might have to get on a gondola with other people and yeah. There, there can be no rational science that can justify that. And it is the government just basically saying, comply, we'll give you some freedoms back, and this is how the relationship works. We set the, we set the rules. Don't question them like a child with their parents. If you follow the rules, you'll get some freedoms back, and then maybe one day you'll get all of them back. But so what have you discovered? So you see that this is happening here. It's happening provincially, statewide, nationwide. What's the, what's the point of this over... Isn't it bad to make people so tense so scared of their everyday life isn't this bad for our future because these kids that are growing up a little like oh there's the virus there's you know young kids that all, all they remember the past two years it, they think that, that that's always been life is these masks always it, screwing it actually, them over it, it makes me very angry when you phrase it like that because it's true that these kids are going to grow up thinking that this is the way it's always this, been. yeah this is no they never lived the life we lived so how is it, what I'm saying is how is this good? Like what good could come of this for the government in the future? It's going to destroy an entire generation. I, I mean, the, the, this is where people get called conspiracy theorists because why, why do it? When it comes to government, government is a make work project. If they have nothing to do and if they have no problem to solve, they have no reason to be there. Correct. So create the crisis, exacerbate the crisis, um, you know, but this one is, we could see right through it at this point. Well, can we? I mean, you have people who still support firing healthcare workers because they're That's not absurd. vaccinated. You have people support firing um, uh, firemen. You have understaffed fire... Uh, I got news for you, people. The, the people making your food 
are not vaccinated. So no, well, don't give anybody ideas because <laughs> when they find that out, they'll say, "Why aren't they vaccinated?" I had to get vaccinated. You have you, well, you, you have, chose to get vaccinated. You have understaffed uh, fire stations in the United States. There was a case in New York where a seven-year-old kid died because it took too long for the firemen to get there. We have politicians. Wait, because firemen were fired for not getting vaccinated. They were they were either fired or on strike, and I'm pretty sure they were being laid off. I think it might have been a strike or staffing issues because of it. And in Parliament, if I understand correctly, the politicians that go into Parliament do not need to be well, vaccinated. My, no, Explain this to me. I, I'm not sure what the latest is. All that I know now is that uh, feckless uh, O'Toole has now come out and said, you know, he supports mandatory vaccinations for all MPs to enter Parliament. Here, I mean, here's what, my what, issue. What benefit? You, you, you can control ideology. I don't like mandatory vaccinations. However, I also, more than that, I don't like the idea of one class, us having mandatory vaccinations and the the political class not having. That really rubbed me the wrong way. When they were firing, they were, were going to fire nurses, doctors, but politicians didn't have to get vaccinated. That blew my fucking well, the, mind. The, 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 they will find exceptions and their exceptions might be more respected than others. But it, it's a lose-lose either way because yeah. either they don't have to abide by the same rules they're imposing on others and then people will question why. Or they do, and in which case what you effectively do is you can govern or dictate political ideology based on these you know, literally uh, thresholds of entry because you will not, you will uh, disproportionately affect certain political parties. PPC for one, who may be much more less vaccinated than others. Yeah. And you say, good. I would assume. You, you don't get to be represented anymore. You don't get to represent your people. And you have government effectively making a political policy decision that limits representatives uh, that was not done by the electorate themselves. So you're saying, okay, well, now we're going to prevent or preclude from politics the unvaccinated where you know, that basically makes a decision for the electorate for them. It's, it is, say, if you say it's a question of control, you sound like a nutcase, but it is quite clearly at this point, there's no science. There's, there's very little science to some of these measures. Uh, there's very little logic to some of them. And at some point it becomes on the one hand, a question of compliance. And on the other hand, a question of control. Now the government says, okay, we've imposed vaccine passports for COVID. Well, now we can do it for the flu. Now we can do it for any number of things that until now we would have never been able to do, thought we could get away with. But two years of crisis, we see how we can manipulate people into literally accepting the government injecting foreign bodies into your body because we've said our science justifies it. And your freedom, your individual freedom uh, is secondary to the greater good, which is people who are vaccinated who can still carry similar viral loads, asymptomatically still transmit it, but those who took it might be less likely to suffer serious symptoms, so therefore you have to take it. It doesn't make sense. It does. I have a question because you're you're a smarter, more rational man than I. Uh, tell me if I if this is just a conspiracy thought or if it's weird to you too. Uh, a few weeks ago, I saw an article, and they said uh, I believe it was the uh, Pfizer dose that they're they're ramping up. They have uh, vials ready for when the government approves. Uh, the shot for children, I think, between 5 and 12 or 5 and 11. on that, Trudeau already bought it. But here's my question about that. This is what I find weird. How can you already buy it before we get actual data or results that support that it would be safe for kids? How are you jumping? This is, So are you saying that's a foregone conclusion? Yes. Even without tests? It's a, it's a um, foregone conclusion. But is, that's absurd. Shouldn't it, it parents is, lose their fucking mind? Because then you, you come to a situation where... Even if there's some data that could go against it, you're like, no, no, hide that. I already paid for this shit. That's crazy. It, it is the same lunacy as the Quebec Human Rights Tribunal where you have the prosecuting body uh, submitting something to a body which is going to adjudicate on their own prosecution. Yeah. Here, you have the government 
waiting on their own institution to approve a vaccine or a shot, however you want to call it, that they've already bought. So you like you already bought the car. You signed it. You have you have it, the lease. And then you're like, yeah, we got to talk about it. I'm thinking of buying a car. And your wife's like, you already bought it. No, but you already bought it in anticipation of your own government body approving that which you already bought to administer to kids. It, it should it should shock everybody. It should shock okay, everybody. Okay, okay. So I'm not the uh, okay. No, no, and I, 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 I tweeted it, it out. It's like that's that's great. Nothing more circular. Nothing more fait accompli than Trudeau saying, "I'm just waiting on myself to approve the medication that I already bought for myself." I mean, that's that's tantamount to what it is. Oh, but don't don't uh, underestimate the independence between federal you know a, a government agencies and the government itself. They they operate totally independently, and they oftentimes will say. No, Trudeau, we're not approving it for 5 to 11-year-olds, and I'm sorry you spent however many millions of dollars. I suspect they could find a way out of it anyhow, just you know, give them to uh, countries where they don't have enough vaccines in any event. But it's, um, it, is, it, is, it is over the top. And there was another thing that I was going to say about that. Okay, so I just oh, no, to- it, should, it should shock parents, because right now we are actually living in a world where the uh, adults, in order to feel safer for themselves, are subjecting children to... A treatment for uh, an illness that for them poses no meaningful risk, whereas the treatment itself, by most accounts, poses a, a, a greater risk than the virus itself. But the argument is it's the only way society as a whole gets back to normal. Vaccinate the kids, even though they have a fraction of an infinitesimal percentage of suffering serious consequences from the virus for which we're treating them with yeah, this Yeah, and vaccine. it doesn't reduce your viral load as a kid. It doesn't reduce your ability to spread it. So how would that help society? But, but the idea is if you get it, it reduces the severity of the symptoms. That's, that's right, but now kids the, already don't have severe symptoms. But some people will say, "Oh, there's you know, there's a few kids that get long COVID. There's a few kids that get uh, pneumonia. You a few know, kids hell, drown. It hell, doesn't mean you're going to stop swimming. A few kids, more kids die from the flu than COVID. And this is just this is These just are facts. Facts. More children die from the annual flu than from COVID. COVID in in, in Canada, three hundred thousand kids cases under nineteen, fifteen deaths, fifteen hundred hospitalizations. So do the math. And I, and I don't know the exact breakdown, but I suspect that the majority of those cases were like 15 to 19. And probably, if it's anything like that case out of Alberta, probably had serious underlying comorbidities to begin with. Or yeah. at least oh, yeah, yeah, Alberta, there was a full blatant lie that they had to apologize about. Did, did we? We covered it we here. Covered it, we okay, were yeah. together, yeah. 14-year-old kid. Uh, d- uh, what's her name? She Dina, apologized Dina the day Hinshaw. after. Oh, uh, I like to think that I had an impact on that. But Dina Hinshaw, you the did. chief medical officer of Alberta, uh, confirms... Alberta's youngest COVID death, COVID-related death. I mean, it depends. They fudge language however they want. Yeah, this happened here on the show, and then we weren't even sure. I thought it was a fake oh, account. this yeah. is true. Okay, so, the, yeah. So, uh, Chief Medical Officer of Alberta, Dina Hinshaw, the same woman who gets on national, whoever's watching it, disinfects her hands like she's Chernobyl, removes her face mask, disinfects her hands after removing her face mask, does this ritual every time she comes back on the podium during one and the same press conference. This woman... Comes out with the news, Alberta's youngest death, 14-year-old kid, dies from COVID-related illness. And the newspaper runs with it. It was City News Edmonton that ran with it. Then you have someone identifying as his sister saying, this is fake. My brother had stage four brain cancer, was in a coma for a a month before. He was only tested randomly, apparently, a few days before he died. Why they would even be testing a kid in a coma with stage four brain cancer in the first place, you know, Take your guesses. What other test is he going to pass in a coma? No, Come on, no, but it, give him a victory. This is, this is like this is like take the take, give him a test, 
And if it comes back positive, run with the headline. But they got nailed for it. They got nailed for it. A lot of people came out and said, this is, this is bull crap. Yeah, that's absurd. And then she came out the next day and apologized for her phrasing. She didn't mean to cause anguish to a family that was already in anguish. She was like, yeah, too little, too late. And this is, if it were the first time, we could forgive you. But It was crazy. It was, it was over the top. And then I don't think, oh, and then uh, City News Edmonton, casual, casual update to their article. I mean, we got lied to by government and by the media. And if it, they did it once, you know they did it again. But some people will forgive it. Some people forgive it and just say, oh, I'll go back to listening to them. Um, what was the, uh, t- oh, so this was, you know, talking about the kids that died from the virus. And this was one known case now. Uh, but we're living in a world now where they say, the adults who are so terrified of their own mortality, they say, I insist that this be done to kids for my own well-being, even though I'm already vaccinated. It used to be the opposite. It used to be like, I'll risk myself so that you can survive. Well, I, I said now that. it's fuck you, kid. <laughs> no, I, you know, I said that. I said that online. I said this is the first time in, in human history that adults are, are sacrificing the children for their own well-being. And then everyone's like, a lot of people said, well, I guess you never heard of child sacrifices before. It's because the word sacrifice, because <laughs> yeah. they, they take it literal. So they, they it feels like you're, you're saying that they're legit killing the kids, which you're not. But you're still sacrificing a bit of their health. They are because taking unnecessary chances yeah, exactly. with children. For, and it is purely for their own benefit. Trying to say it's for the kids' benefit. It's not. It's Statistically, dis- it's, it's not. It's, it's dishonest. Yeah. It's dishonest or it's ill-informed. One or the other. Uh, a lot of it is same. ill-informed. You're correct. Because of CJD and all these other... That spew I, nonsense. I heard of a 14-year-old kid who died from COVID. It's like, yeah, that, that, was un- th- that was a lie. The other 15 cases are either statistical anomalies or even if they're all bona fide, 0.0005%. I mean, more from the flu... So if this rationale applies for this, there's no end to it now. Yeah. There's no end to what the government can do um, for the greater good and by assessing my own risks. But the idea is if the vaccine minimizes your own symptoms and your own likelihood of hospitalization and the vaccinated can still carry and transmit, you don't need to vaccinate kids to protect the adults. The idea now is you got to do it to eradicate the virus as if in the history of humankind, we have ever been able to eradicate a virus, especially one like COVID SARS, which evolves very rapidly and hitherto has never even been able to be uh, properly targeted by a vaccine because of how quickly it mutates. So it's, 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 we've, we've, we've put the kids, the, the horse, the horse in front of the carriage, no, the carriage in front of the horse, yeah. and that carriage are the children, and that horse are the adults who are now so terrified to leave the house without a mask, they are willing to take chances with their grandkids to make themselves feel better. In terms of accountability, I have a question. Uh, as a man who spent his life working in the law, in the great book of the law. Um, you know uh, Fauci? Have you heard of this guy? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so Lord Fauci. Lord Fauci, a few months Sexiest ago. Sexiest man alive, by the way. Oh, is he? The Guardian had to named, who? <laughs> the Guardian had floated him as a candidate for Sexiest Man Alive. Guardian? It's... What are they guarding? I, Women's I, chastity? I, that I, is I, they're, they're, they're guarding the cult because the idea of... It's just to totally... Uh, bastardize the role of Fauci. Even if he were Brad Pitt, which he is not, you don't sexually objectify your chief medical guy. I mean, you just don't do it. I say you put him in a bikini, put him on the front page. Let's just do this. <laughs> some, some of those cover photos were not far off. So Sorry, stupid. I cut you off. Uh, but, oh, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, I was thinking, so a few months ago, he got into a whole um, kerfuffle. Uh, I believe it was in Congress with uh, Rand, Rand Paul. Paul. Yeah, yep. uh, Ron Paul's son. And he tried to... Changed the definition of uh, what the NIH was doing. I believe it was gain-of-function research. He yelled at Rand Paul. 
and said, you don't even know. That's not what it is. We didn't do that. These are lies. And he was really, at, he was trying to get people on his side based on his emotion. Now, fast forward to a few months later, I believe the NIH themselves came out and said, yeah, yeah, it was clearly gain of function research. How come there's no legal precedent to go back and get this guy, number one, for actively lying to Congress, right? And also putting the rest of the world in danger in doing so. But no one talks about this. The Fauci, How does the law the, work? The Fauci debacle is even worse than that. First of all, when Fauci responded so aggressively to, to Paul, mm-hmm. and I said at the time, this these are hallmark elements of deceptiveness or dishonesty. He says, I take offense to that. Yeah. I say, first of all, when anyone says that, what they're trying to do is get the person who asked the question to feel guilty. So they try to shame the person into silence. Second thing is, I don't care if you're offended. Answer the damn question. He yeah. says, we were not conducting gain-of-function uh, research, and we were not funding it. Um, I, I think he said they were not uh, conducting it. Yeah, he did. But they certainly said they were not funding gain-of-function research. Then it, then it became known that the NIH was, in fact, funding gain-of-function research through an NGO, you know, sort of laundering the money yeah. back to the original purposes. Then when that comes out, he says, well, it wasn't gain of function because semantics. So you go from, you know, trying to shame, feigning offense, changing the definition of words, lies through and through. And then now they came out, they're like, no, no it was gain it of function. Was, no, the, and and, and he's, he, he lied. He Bottom line, he lied. So the question is, what are the sanctions? Yeah. I mean, lying to Congress. Uh, ultimately, you have a lot of the uh, sovereign immunity. I mean, these guys benefit from a lot of immunity just by virtue of their functions within the government. That's crazy. But, but lying to Congress, in theory, you can should be a criminal sanction. I, I think it was Paul who's talking about looking into criminal investigation into Fauci. But it's not just it's not just the lying. It's what they were doing. They were doing effectively biological weapon research and lying about it, yeah. doing it with taxpayer dollars, lying about it. Um, and it was so this, bad that the American government did not want it to take place there. They even said no, Obama administration said, this can't fucking happen, get out of here. And so did the Trump administration. That's how crazy this yeah, was. And then he did it overseas. They, they, they lied to Trump about how many soldiers, they had, troops they had left in Syria. They, they'll, these, it's the deep state, by the way, which everyone got called a conspiracy theorist for. You know, what is, explain the deep state to it's us. It's just an administrative state. It is a state that will be there before you come and be there after you go. Oh, that's, and, that's true. And the president is basically just a, a, you know, a token or at least a figurehead for a time being. Oh, but I'm the, with you on that. That is so how it works. Yeah. Don't think of deep state. Just call it the administrative state. Yeah. It is an administration that exists by virtue of the fact that it already exists, the infrastructure is there to ensure that it continues to exist. It has its own politics. The military-industrial complex is part of that. It, 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 that would be yeah. one aspect. You call it the deep state, people think you're, you're an Alex Jones-type conspiracy theorist, although Alex Jones happens to have been right you know, quite often. Quite often. <laughs> the cocksucker, in, yeah, he in, figures in, it out. Yeah. In very meaningful senses. So yeah. he, might, he might speak hyperbolically, yeah. but on the substance, he's more right than most people appreciate. Which is crazy, yeah. Which is, and I mean on, on things that are... Uh, you know, you'd think he's crazy when he's talking about animal-human hybrids. And, yeah, like, and it was, it's real. Real. It's, we've talked about this, how insane. We're like, God damn, it seems so crazy. And he says it in the craziest way possible. And then you're like, oh, fuck, no, it's just because of his hyperbole. It's because of the way he reacts. It seems more nuts than it is. I, I was talking, who was I talking about? Um, oh, somebody who used to work in intelligence. I just did a, a podcast with, or a live stream. And it's talking about, yeah, the CIA, the intelligence have done things objectively documented that you would say no way in a million years, you know, like kidnapping people, taking mentally ill people and trying to turn them into literal Manchurian candidates. Uh, MK Ultra. I mean, MK Ultra. So things that people don't really understand. And if they know about it, they think, oh, if you talk about MK Ultra, you're an extreme, whatever. But 
what Fauci was doing was nothing shy of biological research, biological weapon, biological warfare research, trying to figure out how to take a disease that is only in bats and make it more communicable to humans. And then lo and behold, it an happens. outbreak from Wuhan in the same small town or town, I don't know if it's small, where you have the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And if you said this a year ago, you were a conspiracy theorist. And now if you called Fauci a liar, you were a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And now all conspiracy theories have been proven to be true. Conspiracy theories now are just, you know, um, predictions as to what's going to actually happen in the future. You know what I found uh, pe people are having a mental breakdown about is people do use that word like conspiracy theorist or if they don't like what you're saying, even if it's factual, like also like this coffee cup is clearly red. If they don't like it, they will just look at you and say, that's just crazy. I don't know why you're saying that. They, they I've seen it online. It's like, well, here's the documents. And then they're like, I can't believe you believe that. That's crazy. Like Don Lemon does this. Don Lemon will say two op opposing things months apart. And then when you bring up videos of him saying the old thing, he'll be like, I never said that. It There's is, a video of you it, saying this. Did you see the video of Fauci going through the efficacy of the vaccine? He's like, it'll be 100%, 97%. Yeah, yeah, see, it's, yeah. It's a beautiful montage. I, you know, I, I don't know the time frame of all those statements, but it is... Oh, what was the example I was just going to use? You... you, you people cannot believe that they've been lied to. It's, it's I think the, that's what it is. The they don't want to accept it. Oh, shit, I believe that. Because it, it, will yeah. make, it will make them feel stupid about themselves. How could I have believed that? Join the club. Feel stupid all the time. I had, I had yeah, an argument a good with way. that Elizabeth Warren didn't lie when she said that her kids went to public school. I was like, she, she said to, some, to someone who was asking her, but you sent your kids to private school. She says, I send my kids to public school. And then you, you show them, like, yeah, but she said that then implying that she never sent her kids to private school and they cannot accept the lie because they are too emotionally invested yeah. in the lie and in the person. It's the same thing now. That's why it, you never get emotionally invested in politicians, actors. Who gives to, a shit? You have to be able to appreciate that be, being right and being wrong feel exactly the same yeah. until you realize that you are wrong. And so you say that, you know, what, Canada was training Chinese soldiers on Canadian soil I remember this. to do winter training so that they could learn how to fight more effectively in cold weather. Yeah. At first, I saw the story, came out of Rebel. I was like, it's got to be fake. Yeah. It can't be real. And I, and I write it off. And then you got the direct, I forget what his name is now, the um, minister of military, whatever the guy's name is, admit it. Oh, but we ended that program. It's like, holy crap. Why did you start it? You ended Why are you telling a foreign government, you're like, if ever we do go to war because it seems like it might end up there, let me show you how to beat us. Let me show... It wouldn't, it wouldn't even be us. I, I, have, <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion Trudeau's just... Uh, if I say this, I'll be a conspiracy theory. But there's only one reason why you would allow a, a, what ought to be a foreign enemy to train and gain expertise on your soil. There's only one <laughs> reason why you'd do it. Uh, maybe two. But it, that story broke. It's like, impossible. And I say, I wrote it off. I said, it has to be a fake story. Then they admit it. And I was like, well, okay. And then you get caught and then you stop doing it once you get caught. And I'm like, what the hell were you even doing it for in the first place? And we never talk about and, it again. We never talk about it again. You mention it to someone who may be a very smart person, maybe a very nice person, but is ill-informed or uninformed. And they'll say, that's crazy. Then you'll show them the documents and they'll say, I don't care. I mean, and, that's, and that's how it goes. I love the I don't care thing. That's what it comes down to. They say, I, uh, I don't have time for this. I've got to go pick up the kids. I mean, literally, I don't have time for this. And then it's always the same evolution also. Like when I have these debates with people, friends, family, they say, you're a conspiracy theorist. And it's like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Here's all of the stuff. And they try to nitpick and they try to say, oh, this is why it doesn't say what you're saying. No, it says what it says. We were literally chaining Chinese soldiers on Canadian soil, undisclosed, and it only broke because of what people call extreme, you know, partisan news networks like True North or Rebel News. 
And we did it. They admitted it, but they don't do it anymore. Oh, well, they don't do it anymore. And, and you only know that because you have more time than I do to go around and fish on the internet. That's what it always comes down to. What do you care about why I know it? It, it happens. It's Shouldn't not, we be concerned? Well, it's not really the why I know it. It's the why they don't know it. They don't have time to do it. And therefore, it goes from me being wrong, ignorant, to being right and informed. But they don't have enough time or I have too much time on my hands. And so it's more of an insult than a compliment. Herein comes the conundrum. So then if you can't accept that someone, let's say like you, who has the time and looks into it, gives them information and they don't accept, then why are they accepting information of other people, journalists, who are supposed to have the time? And then they should, even though they're proven liars repeatedly, because they're just, they're not investigating, they're just repeating, regurgitating talking points. Why is it that you'll accept that, which lies to you repeatedly, but you, because sometimes the truth, it hurts. They're like, no, 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 I can't, I can't. It's too hurtful. I'm going to close my eyes. What's this ostrich uh, syndrome? Well, I... Th- and not the parasitic type of ostrich, not the one no. that Gatsad talks about. This is a different... Uh, well, the, the ostrich, true story, yeah. ostriches actually don't hide their heads. I know, the sand, I know but, this, I know this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, a number, cartoon. It's a number, it's a number, yeah, it's, it's a misconception, but um, it is a number of things. On the one hand, people cannot admit that they were duped because it makes them have to question their own intelligence and good judgment. The other thing is, you know, I think it's all about branding. New York, people still believe the New York Times. Okay. <laughs> it, it makes me angry. People still think that the New York Times is the, um, what's the word? Uh, the centerpiece of journalism and news. It is as fake news, if not more nefarious than other actual fake news outlets. They've put one fake story after another out there. And people still believe them. What I took this? a screenshot of this commercial that was on Twitter, the Washington Post. Threats and disinformation spread across the country in the wake of the Capitol siege, shaking the underpinnings of American democracy. And when What you, the fuck? <laughs> when you find out New York Times lied about Brian Sicknick's death in the wake of January 6th, said he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, he dreamt of being a, a Capitol police officer, was beaten to death by an angry mob of pro-Trump supporters. That headline is still in Google when you go look for it. Wait, did that happen? No. He did, not only, he, didn't, he didn't get beaten to death. He didn't get hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. They knew effectively the next day that Was he, it COVID? It was a stroke. It was oh. it, total natural causes. And then they Maybe COVID-related? No, I don't think so. But no, then they said he got pepper sprayed. Maybe it was a reaction to the chemical, which they then debunked. But the New York Times knowingly, because it was known to other outlets that he didn't get hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, they ran with that fake story. That fake story was used as information in the second impeachment to show how violent the, the, the Trump supporters were. Even though it never happened. Even though it never happened. They've never formally retracted it. Uh, and that's just one example. And in the New York Times, the New York Times recently made a slight mistake on how many children had been hospitalized because of COVID by about 800,000. Where what? it was 60,000 and they said close to 900,000 had been hospitalized. We're misusing that word slight. <laughs> and yet people say, well, it's the New York Times. I mean, it's, it's, it's one Pulitzer's. They, people will rely on the authorities that confirm what they already believe. And, you know, the branding is good. I'm a, I'm a dude wearing the, uh, what I call the freedom fro now. I make videos out of my basement and in my car. And people just look at me and say, what does he know? Or dude's got too much time to look into this. I'm just going to go and get the headlines from the New York Times. People who have been lying to them over and over again, who have no journalistic integrity, who have no uh, fundamental you know, uh, belief in honesty, it's partisan crap through and through, and that's why people will allow themselves to be deceived by that which already confirms what they believe. This is absurd. It's, it's very frustrating because you see people in it, and then you look like the zealot for yeah. trying to shake them out of it. Um, and then at some point, you just have to say, I can't help anybody who doesn't want to help themselves. Here's the information. If you want to go out and believe that you're going to get your rights back after you put on the face mask, after you take your second shot, that there won't be a third shot because at the time, 
people said two shots is not going to be enough. And then they were called conspiracy theorists. And then yeah. lo and behold, uh, in Canada, now we're talking about a, a third vaccine from Dr. Tam. Dr. Tam, the same woman who said that people should think about wearing face masks during sexual activity. Yeah, that's when you want a face mask. I, no, I mean that. that I mean, is some the, of these broads. That is the, that is the common joke that people make. I stay oh. I stay away from that because I want to stick to the issue. Perhaps a paper bag. No, but I say when when someone has come out and given me laughably stupid medical advice, laughably stupid. Remember the glory hole. Well, I remember the glory hole also. <laughs> create create the a Canadian barrier, glory create hole. Create a barrier of distance. You 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 have to be sick in the head. Yeah. Not just not just a quack. Not just laughably stupid medical advice. You have to be sick in the head to think that. You're going to engage in sexual activity, you know, putting things together, yeah. exchanging fluids. Consider wearing a face mask. I mean, if that is not intended to torment you during your most private, intimate moments so that you are, even when you're engaging in sexual activity, thinking about the medical advice the government is giving you, I mean, nothing, nothing will. I want to know if any dumb couples tried it and I'm they were sure, arguing I'm, about it. I'm sure people have fetishes about that. I'm are sure people sure? cut holes in their mask. That's maybe, how, that's how. <laughs> maybe we should take off the mask. A little ridiculous. Are you trying to kill me, woman? That's where, that's where COVID is. No <laughs> kissing. Just straight to, you know, P to V. It's, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And this is now the person telling me that I might have to take a third dose that the government's going to now say, but trust us after this one, after this one, it'll be, you know, just keep taking it. I mean, here, here's, here's a COVID patch. It'll just keep injecting you as, as time goes on. You ever take the flu shot? Uh, I've taken it. My wife says I took it during the last SARS. Um, remember the, 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 the I never took swine it. flu? I took it. I, I took it once at least twice. I have no problem with it, but well, I, I, I never took, I, the, the only time I was ever coerced and I got angry about it was in New York city. Cause I was getting stuff at a, I think it was a CVS and they were asked like, Hey, you want to get your uh, flu shot? I was like, what are you talking about? I don't know you. He's like, oh, you go in the back, and, and I always thought that getting a vaccine, it was more of an intimate, like, you go to a hospital or something, but I was at the pharmacy, and the guy was just adding it to my cart, and I got really angry. I was like, I don't, I'm not going to take a fucking shot from me. I don't know you. No, There's it, a crackhead pissing himself outside. This is where I'm going to get a shot. I don't, I don't know you. I don't know your capabilities of administering it. I don't know yeah. the side effects of this. I don't know the potential. I don't know what my risks of, of, of interaction are. I'm not even from here. But I, I've, I've <laughs> never gotten the flu. I once got the flu actually right before COVID. That was so bad I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. And I was Googling meningitis because I had such a... Oh, God. I, was, I, I thought I had gotten some Never toxic, Google. Well, no, no, no. I, I, it was so bad, the flu. Uh, it was December 2020. No. Yeah, December 2019 to January 2020. It was so bad, I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. I was Googling, could you get a parasite from touching a dead minnow? Because I had touched a dead minnow a couple of days before. Um, but I'd never really gotten the flu so bad that I would ever contemplate getting the flu shot. And typically, you know, when you get the flu, you're sick, you stay home. Yeah. Now, it's, 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 really, it's really crazy. We've weaponized the vaccinated because they're going to get the vaccine. Um, they're going to think that they're... Totally protected, that they can't carry or transmit, and then according gonna, to recent articles, from any cause of death, it's <laughs> well. And then there was there. Then you read an article like that, but then you read another article saying that those who are vaccinated are more susceptible to getting the Delta variant. And yeah, there's, I heard that there's a bunch of research. I mean, there's conflicting research. I never make a determinate opinion one way or the other because it's not my expertise. This is what I say: stay as safe as you can. You know, strangers and all that stuff. Protect yourself. If you're feeling a little sick, stay home so you don't spread that. Test yourself if you need to. That's the best we can do. That's the best we can hope for. We, we bought a box of rapid tests at home. If we think we're coming down with something, we test, make sure. Oh, it's so it's, cool. It's very good. They're like 15 bucks each. It's, it's Where can I get this? I'll give you the link afterwards. Yeah. My, wife, uh, my wife picked up a box, and it's great. Like, if I'm dealing with people who are very nervous. I'm going to start rapid testing people well, here left and right. No, like just do a rapid test before you go see your parents if yeah. your parents are scared. It's fine. It's no skin. It's not the one that goes up to your brain either. It's I just in, in, the, in the nasal cavity. But um, no, it's just you know, the world has been 
very much warped and 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 modified over the last two years. And it's, I say, for, for, it'll be fun to look at in retrospect if we ever get out of this and regain our collective sanity. But it, it's it's amazing to see how rational, sane people can be made to believe absurdities uh, with enough media circus, with enough gaslighting in the sense that they literally tell you one thing one day, one thing another, so that you can never question anything again. Uh, or, or that when they tell you opposing things in the future, you just revert to the opposing things that they've told you in the past, and you say, well, they're the authorities, what am I? Just tell me what to do today, oh, governor. Um, so it's, it's weird, but it's depressing to see how I've seen sane people lose their ability to think critically over the last two years and just become so overwhelmed. Yes, government, just tell me what I can do to get me out of this. Tell me who I can dance with at my, at my son's wedding. Tell me who I can be with for a funeral uh, so I can feel safe. I hate and, that shit. And people have just forgotten that life and freedom has inherent risks. And, you know, you could take a, a sure prison sentence versus the uncertainties of freedom and just have to rely on people's common, law, common sense. If you're, if you're sick, stay home. There's no yeah. question about it. Uh, but if you're sick, wear a face mask if you have to go out. But masking up five-year-old kids... I mean, you've lost your mind if you think that that's the appropriate response. I've never thought that was the appropriate response. By the way, you're a man in the know. Um, this locals rumble merger, what, what does oh, that mean? I talked about it yesterday during my live stream with Robert. I, I think, I, I see people are a little nervous about it because people people don't understand the nature of the deal. It was not a buyout or a sellout. It was a buy-in. So locals, all of the original shareholders in locals, effectively are now, share, not effectively, they are shareholders in rumble. So it was it was more of a merger than a buyout. So the, the interests that owned locals that still own the interest in locals and now own minority interest in Rumble. Um, you know, people said Rumble might sell out to the Google. I know the CEO of, of Rumble, Chris Pavlovsky. We have a, a I mean, we're in a relationship. We're, yeah, we're, we text each other, DM each other all the time. I know that the guy is about free speech. I know that he is not about selling out to Google. If he were, he would have already done it. Rumble's been around for years. Um, and I know that his concerns are the concerns that someone has of becoming a viable competitor. Not, you know, not uh, concerns about selling out in the short term. So one of the major things is that locals was still 80-20 dependent, or not dependent, but 80-20 between independent servers and Amazon Web Services servers. Rumble is totally independent, owns its own servers. And so the merger actually creates more stability for locals. They can't get the parlor shutdown type thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, they're, they're, not, they, they're not selling out to Google any day, anytime soon. The, the merger, as far as I'm concerned, really... Solves or at least complements some of the missing aspects of locals in terms of good live streaming, independent infrastructure, a cloud infrastructure, and also for the creators. I have a hundred and some odd thousand followers on Rumble. If it makes them easier to find me on locals, it'll be a net positive for everybody. Have you live streamed on Rumble? I, I live stream on Rumble every time, but through uh, this app called Streamyard, which basically goes sends it everywhere youtube yeah it sends it everywhere okay locals does not have that it doesn't go directly to locals yet and locals doesn't have that capability but they will sooner than later um, especially now especially now so there was so one rumble what i like about it is um i've never live streamed but what i've noticed is that the video once the video's up it takes way longer to upload a video to rumble than youtube yes. i don't know how youtube does that by the way can you imagine the infrastructure that they must have to it's insane to, it's insane to me that you can upload an hour and a half video and it, within seconds you're already able to apply the ad breaks and all it's crazy yeah. to me that's beautiful but you know what rumble does have that i like um let's say when you click play 
Did you notice that on Rumble, when there's a video, if you click play, it's instant. Like the the speed in which the video is ready to play is faster than YouTube. I haven't noticed that. I noticed um, that. But but I'll tell you, it's what, a dumb thing to notice. But I it was. It's a good thing. But what people don't like about Rumble is that you have to register with an email and a phone number to comment or to create an account, which some people don't like. Yeah, I think that's how my account is. I, I, it is. I mean, it is. You know, you don't. I people. I think I'm gonna start using it more. Well, but here's the thing. I mean, you should use it more. But the thing is, people are always going to have problems. On the one hand, they're going to have problems with anonymity and ads, you know, selling ads and all this stuff, which you have on YouTube. Yeah. On the other hand, they don't want to give their numbers on Rumble. There will always be something to complain about. Uh, another thing that people do complain, I don't have independent knowledge of this. Some videos have gotten taken down. Some channels have gotten sanctioned on Rumble. Oh, really? Yes. But now, that's got to be some crazy-ass channels. I, I don't know what, and I, I don't want to get into it, but I just know that Rumble... By and large, unless it breaks the law, because they are based in Canada and have to respect can- Canadian law, which I believe they might be trying to work around or work through, uh, I can't vouch for whatever video gets taken down. So unless I know that it's an absolute abuse, I'm not going to get involved in trying to decipher the details of other people's issues. Does the but- owner of Rumble ever do interviews? Yeah, I did. I did know with him actually. Oh, you. Oh, could, I want to see. Could, I'll interview this guy. I okay, want to promote he's in, Rumble. He's, yeah. he's in Toronto, but um, we'll make it work. Okay, yeah. uh, absolutely. Chris, he's he's amazing and. Open, transparent, and wants something better. And this, the merger is only good things as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not saying that as a creator. I did not know of the merger until the evening before uh, I, was, I was given a heads up. Don't freak out tomorrow. There's a, mer- there's a, a buyout, but it's more of a merger. But I, I think it's good all around. I, I'm, I'm going to be using Rumble a bit more. Just, you know, not put all my eggs in one basket just in case YouTube decides tomorrow to shut me down. Poseidon's on screen a lot, and uh, it's a liability. YouTube is a fickle beast. I, I've been noticing it's get, not getting better, but it's I get been, shadow banned a lot. Uh, some, the, some of my videos, they're not even offensive, and nobody gets uh, notifications. They don't see them in their feeds. That is, the, that is the algorithm which prioritizes some content, and you see it. I, yeah. I put out a video on Alec Baldwin Sunday. I think that got plugged into somewhere in the algorithm favorably, got 100 and some odd thousand views in oh, a day, sure. and it picked up on subs. But when you're in the bad books, yeah, you just you don't get that growth, uh, the, the organic growth that you get based on the quality of the content that you get on Rumble. I've noticed it with my videos. The quality gets better. The growth, it gets stunted yep. when I say things they don't like. Oh, and, and Rumble also has the equivalent of Super Chats for live streams. They call them Rumble Rants, where Rumble, Rumble rants. only takes 20%, so you get 80% as a creator. So it's, it's, it's better all around. It's just that it's a newer platform. People don't like the phone number registration aspect, but... Look, I, 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 I've been vouching for Rumble before I knew of the merger, before I even knew of Locals, because I've been on Rumble for a while. It's, it's a good platform. Well, I, I uh, have some suggestions to make. I'll tell you those offline, see if you agree with me. But Viva, you are the man. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for coming in. Well, I, I, one day, I'd like to talk with Mike about his experience with this, oh, okay. uh, with well, this decision, because we'll it, it it's, it's, it's good. But it is, it's nice that we're going to be in the news for good reasons internationally, although it's, how we got there. It's about goddamn time. <laughs> Viva Fry links. If you don't know Viva, I don't know what you're doing yourself, but links are in the description. Follow Viva, subscribe to Viva, uh, join his Rumble rants. Crawl under my skin 
This whole system's advocated by sin. We're selling plastic dreams, try one for free. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.